Chapter 8 The Unpardonable Sin Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 through 32. This passage is often regarded as one of the darkest and gloomiest in the Bible. Many have gone insane, or nearly insane, over this passage. Or rather, being already diseased in mind, their diseased brains have seized upon this passage to brood over. But if we look at the passage carefully, we will see that the passage has its bright side, and on its bright side, it is one of the most cheerful utterances that ever fell from the lips of Jesus Christ. It tells us plainly and positively that of all the sins that men or women can commit, only one sin puts a man or woman beyond hope. There is only one sin that God will not and cannot forgive if men repent and turn to Jesus Christ. That sin is, as far as my experience goes, one that very few men and very few women have committed. I have had countless people come to me personally and write to me from all parts of the earth who thought they had committed this sin. Of all these who have come to me or written to me, when I questioned them carefully, it was evident that not one person among them had committed this sin. And most of those who have come to me thinking they have committed this sin have come into a bright Christian experience. Many of them have since become some of the brightest and most useful Christians I have ever known. Of all the men I have ever led to Jesus Christ, the one who has had the largest usefulness of all, usefulness not only in America but also in England, China, and elsewhere, was one who was sure that he had committed the unpardonable sin. He had attempted suicide five times, which required poison to be pumped out of him several times. His life was barely saved, and he was sent to me, hundreds of miles away under guard for fear he would commit suicide on the way. There is only one unpardonable sin. The first thing that our Lord Jesus makes very plain in the words that we have taken for our text is that there is only one unpardonable sin. He says, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Language could not make it plainer that in the whole catalogue of possible sins there is only one that men can commit that makes pardon and salvation impossible. Even murder, as desperate and awful a sin as it is, is not unpardonable. There have been many men and women who have stained their hands with human blood, but have afterwards found pardon and eternal life, and have joined the truest and noblest of Christians. I have met quite a number of persons who thought that salvation was impossible for them because they had taken the life of another man, but our Lord Jesus declares that there is only one unpardonable sin, and that unpardonable sin is not murder. David committed murder, one of the most dastardly murders in history, and yet David found pardon. It was after he had caused the death of Uriah, his faithful soldier, that he wrote the following words. Scripture Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom Jehovah imputeth not iniquity, 
and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones wasted away through my groaning all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture was changed as with the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity did I not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto Jehovah, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Psalm 32, verses 1-5 through Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul the Apostle, was a murderer. He was responsible for the death of men, women, and children, whose only fault was that they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet he found pardon. The grossest immoral impurity is not unpardonable. Moral impurity is loathsome, but it is not unpardonable. Our Lord declares that there is only one unpardonable sin, and the sin He describes is not moral impurity. I once spoke to a man at the close of my Bible class in Chicago. I stepped up to him and asked him if he was a Christian, and he said no, he was not, though he would like to be. I asked him why he was not a Christian, and with tears running down his face, he said that he had committed a sin for which there was no pardon. I told him there was only one sin for which there was no pardon, and I asked him what the sin was that he had committed for which he thought there was no pardon. He told me what it was, describing it fully. It was gross immorality. When he finished, I said, The Bible nowhere says there is no pardon for that sin. But, he replied, I remember my mother read a passage in the Bible when I was a boy that said if a man committed that sin he could not be pardoned. No, I said, there is no such passage. But he was sure that there was. I racked my brain to think what passage he might have had in mind, and suddenly it flashed upon me. I said, Oh, I think I know the passage to which you refer. I opened my Bible and read, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with men, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-10 through 10. His sin was in that dreadful list, and he said, That is the passage. Doesn't it say that the one who commits this sin shall not inherit the kingdom of God? I said, let me read you the next verse. And I read, Scripture, And such were some of you. But ye were washed, but ye were sanctified, but ye were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the Spirit of our God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. Does it say that? He cried. I said, Look at it. And I put the book in his hand. He read, And such were some of you. But ye were washed, but ye were sanctified, but ye were justified. Thank God, thank God, he exclaimed. Right there he accepted Christ. A few weeks later he brought his wife to Chicago, whom he had deserted in Indianapolis to go off into his life of sin. He introduced her and his grown daughter to me, and they accepted Christ. He is today an officer in the Chicago Avenue Church and one of the most earnest men in the church. Profanity and blasphemy are not unpardonable except the one blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The most outrageous and blatant infidelity are not unpardonable. 
Before his conversion, Saul of Tarsus was a blasphemer and a foul infidel as far as Jesus Christ was concerned. Far from believing him to be the Son of God, he believed him to be an impostor. He says of himself that before his conversion he was a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but the Lord Jesus had saved him. 1 Timothy 1, verse 13. In view of this, he exclaims, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. What is the unpardonable sin? We come then to the question, what is the unpardonable sin? First of all, the unpardonable sin is a definite act. It is not a certain attitude of mind. It is an act. It is not a series of actions, though it may be the outcome of a series of actions. It is one definite act. This is evident from our Lord's words. Scripture If any man see his brother sinning a sin not unto death, he shall ask, and God will give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. 1 John 5, verse 16 The unpardonable sin, the sin unto death, is one definite sin. Furthermore, the unpardonable sin is a sin of which one may know definitely whether he has committed it or not. A great many fear that they have committed the unpardonable sin. They are not sure that they have. They are not at all clear as to what the one unpardonable sin may be. But the unpardonable sin is a sin of such a definite and clearly defined character that one may know with certainty whether he has committed it or not. What is this definite act? What is this one unpardonable sin? This definite unpardonable sin, our Lord Jesus Christ tells us in so many words, is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. He says, Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Matthew chapter 12, verses 31-32 through 32. So, it is evident that the one definite unpardonable sin is the definite blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? The context in which these words are found will tell us. The Pharisees had seen the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had seen his works of divine power and heard his words of divine grace. They had seen in these miracles clear evidence that Jesus was a teacher sent from God who spoke the very words of God, John chapter 3, verse 2, that he was the Messiah, the Christ. They had been unwilling to accept him as such because of what it would cost them to accept him. They had refused to accept or acknowledge him as the Christ but the evidence that he was the Christ was so overwhelming that at last, in their determination not to accept him, they had deliberately attributed his works, which was of the Holy Spirit, to the devil. They had said, as recorded in this chapter in the immediate context, Scripture, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. In other words, they had deliberately attributed to the devil what was of the Holy Spirit. 
This, then, is the unpardonable sin, the only unpardonable sin, the deliberately ascribing to the devil what you distinctly know to be the work of the Holy Spirit. It is not merely the attributing to the devil what is the work of the Holy Spirit, but also what you distinctly know to be the work of the Holy Spirit. Have you committed this sin? Have you deliberately attributed to the devil work that you distinctly know to be the work of the Holy Spirit? You reply, I have been a great sinner. That is not my question. Have you definitely attributed to the devil what you distinctly know to be the work of the Holy Spirit? If not, then you have not committed the unpardonable sin, and there is pardon and salvation for you tonight if you will turn from your sin, whatever it may be, and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you say, I have sinned against the light, I have resisted the Holy Spirit. That is not the point. You may have done all this, but have you definitely attributed to the devil what you distinctly knew to be the work of the Holy Spirit? Many have sinned against the light. Many have resisted the Holy Spirit. I did for years, but thank God I had not blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I had not attributed to the devil what I distinctly knew to be the work of the Holy Spirit, and I found pardon and am a saved man tonight. But, you will say, I have sinned so long that I fear I have sinned away the day of grace. My heart is hard and nothing moves it now. I have no desire to repent. That is not the question. One may do all these things, and many have done all these things but have turned to Christ and found pardon. The question is, have you deliberately and intentionally attributed to the devil what you distinctly knew to be the work of the Holy Spirit? Whatever else you may have done, you have not committed the unpardonable sin. You may even have cursed the name of Jesus, but there is forgiveness even for that. Mark chapter 3 verse 28. There is pardon for you tonight. Pardon for you and salvation for you before you leave this building if you turn your back upon sin and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. There is but one unpardonable sin, and you have not committed that. As I say, if you turn from your other sins, whatever they may be, and turn to God and to Christ, even without one bit of feeling, you will be saved tonight. The Apostle Peter said, To him, Jesus, bear all the prophets witness, that through his name everyone that believeth on him shall receive remission of sins. Acts chapter 10 verse 43. And John said that as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God, even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12. Why is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit unpardonable? There is another important question for us to consider. Why is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit unpardonable? First, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is unpardonable because it indicates such a determined choice of evil that a man's character is determined finally and forever in evil. A man will not deliberately attribute to the devil what he distinctly knows to be the work of the Spirit of God unless he has settled it finally and forever that he will not accept the truth so the man dooms himself to eternal sinfulness and eternal punishment. Such a sin comes at the end of a course of persistent rejection of the truth and persistent rejection of Jesus Christ. This sin is also unpardonable 
because the one who deliberately commits such a sin so determines his character that repentance becomes impossible. If any man will repent and come to Christ, he will be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ has declared in the most unmistakable terms, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. John chapter 6, verse 37. But the man who commits this unpardonable sin has determined that he will not come to Christ, and therefore does not come to Christ, so he cannot be pardoned. The fact that one is concerned about his spiritual condition, the fact that one is troubled about his sins, and the fact that one desires to come to Christ are of themselves conclusive proof that one has not as yet committed the unpardonable sin. On the other hand, all conscious continuance in sin, all deliberate refusal to listen to the truth, all deliberate refusal to accept the Lord Jesus Christ when you know that you ought to accept Him, and all turning a deaf ear to the voice of the Holy Spirit are steps toward the unpardonable sin. This was the course of conduct that led the Pharisees of our text to commit the unpardonable sin. Before their very eyes, they had conclusive proof that Jesus was what He claimed to be. Time and again they were moved to accept Him, but they would not. Time and again they said no to the voice of the Spirit of God, and they had so hardened themselves in the rejection of Christ that at last, in deliberate determination, they had attributed His words to the devil and became utterly blinded in mind and utterly incapable of repentance. And some of you are pursuing exactly the same course tonight. Time and again you have been moved by the Holy Spirit to accept Christ. Time and again you have said no to the voice of the Spirit of God, as He urges you to realize the necessity of forsaking your sins and accepting Christ. You are walking straight toward the unpardonable sin and toward a hopeless and eternal hell. Everyone here tonight who has heard the gospel before and refused it, and everyone who knows that Jesus Christ is the Son of God but refuses to accept Him as their Savior, is confirming themselves in sin. Everyone who has been moved by the Holy Spirit once, twice, three times, and perhaps more frequently in the past, and has said no every time, every time you say no to the Holy Spirit, you are coming more surely to the point where you will commit the unpardonable sin and your destiny will be eternally sealed. Some years ago, there was a great religious awakening in one of our colleges. Many turned to Christ. Two young men were under deep conviction, but they would not yield. In their determination not to yield, they agreed together that on a certain night, they would meet at the college chapel and go into the chapel together and blaspheme the Holy Spirit. At the appointed hour, they met in front of the chapel. The heart of one of them failed him, and he repented and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ. He was saved. The other one went into the chapel alone. No one ever knew what he did in there, but when he came out, he was as pale as a ghost. He went into utter infidelity became one of the leaders of the infidel society in Chicago, lived many years, and died as he had lived. He was everlastingly lost. The Spirit of God is speaking to many of you, too. He has spoken to you often before. You know you ought to accept Christ. You know you ought to confess Him. If tonight you say no to Him again, 
you may so conclude yourself in sin that repentance will become impossible and you will be lost forever. You will be as surely lost for all eternity as when you had been in hell ten million years. On the other hand, anyone here tonight who will accept Christ, no matter what your past may have been, no matter how grossly you may have sinned, no matter how frightful your sins may have been, no matter how long you have sinned, if you will come to Christ now, there is pardon, salvation, and eternal life for you. Will you yield and accept Jesus Christ right now?